If you know me and Lexi, you know that we are both quite the bookworms, and we've got something exciting to share with you all today. Have you ever found yourself overwhelmed by the endless options at the bookstore, unsure of what to pick up next? Well, we've discovered a game changer, Book of the Month. This isn't your run-of-the-mill book subscription. It's like having a book-loving friend handpick your next literary adventure each month. Trust me, their selections are always spot on. And this month, I can't wait to dive into Real Americans by Rachel Kong. What makes Book of the Month stand out? It's the simplicity. No more decision fatigue at the bookstore, just a curated selection of top-notch reads waiting to sweep you away. Lexi and I had a blast picking from a variety of genres, from pulse-pounding mysteries to heartwarming romances. But what truly won us over is their dedication to quality and fun. With just a handful of selections each month, they prioritize the joy of reading over endless options. Every book is a gem waiting to be discovered. So fellow book lovers, it's time to level up your reading game. Head over to bookofthemonth.com and use the code PEDALS to snag your first book for just $5. Trust us, your bookshelf will thank you. Let's talk about something that affects all of us ladies. Hormones. Because let's face it, when your hormones are out of whack, life can feel like a roller coaster. Well, say hello to Hormone Harmony, the ultimate solution for women of all ages seeking balance, crafted by Happy Mammoth. But what sets Hormone Harmony apart? Well, it's not just another supplement. Happy Mammoth, the company behind Hormone Harmony, is dedicated to making women's lives easier. Plus, Hormone Harmony contains science-backed adaptogens that help your body adapt to hormonal changes, ensuring you feel like yourself again. Hormone Harmony is an all-in-one hormonal balancing solution designed for women of all ages. So whether you're in your 20s dealing with PMS or in your 40s and beyond facing menopause, Hormone Harmony has got you covered. For a limited time, you can take 15% off your first order at happymammoth.com. Just use the code BLACKGIRLFLOW at checkout. That's happymammoth.com and use the code BLACKGIRLFLOW for 15% off your order today. Welcome to the Black Girl Flow podcast, a space dedicated to creating conversation that pushes us to be in alignment and at peace with ourselves and the world around us. We are about cultivating joy, growth, and success in our life, love, and identity. So join us as we find our flow. We are your hosts, Liv and Lex, two 20-something-year-old black girls working every day to be in flow, and we want you along this journey with us. Navigating love while growing into your own can be challenging. That's why we'll be inviting different couples over the next few weeks on our show to talk about the perils and fruits of dating as a Gen Z and millennial. Whether you are a hopeless romantic or anti-couple propaganda, you won't want to miss this series. We're kicking off our modern love series with our dear friends from college, Maya and Brody. Maya and Brody met in third grade, but their love story didn't blossom until 2017. They've been together for five years and currently reside in New York City. Today, they'll share their love story as well as some insight on how to navigate long-term relationships in your 20s. Hey everyone, and welcome back to the Black Girl Flow podcast. I just have to say congratulations to everyone tuning in right now because we all survived Mercury being in retrograde. We are now free from Mercury's grip. 
and we can now live our best life. So I'm just feeling so good. I'm also feeling doubly good because today we are joined by two of our favorite people, Brody and Maya, some of our friends that we go way back with, um, you know, for years and years and years. So thank you all so much for joining us on the show. Of course. Thank you for having us. We're happy to be here. Yes. Oh my gosh. I mean, we're here. So y'all already know we like to start it off with a quick little pulse check vibe check if you will so i'm gonna pass it to lexi lexi how are you mm. doing mentally physically spiritually being up in the city that just chewed me up and spit me out yeah we're in new york <laughs> y'all we're in new york the big apple. i guess we should have prefaced that yeah yeah no, no no it's been like such a treat being up in the city it we have this is a unique uh black girl flow hits the road i feel like this might be our Absolutely. first stop on the tour mm um we're, we're going to all the guests now but no the city has been so beautiful the weather has been absolutely stunning um and nothing feels better than being with your peeps that definitely fills your cup up so cupeth runneth over love that brody how are we feeling we're doing good mm-hmm. um sundays are always like all right the week is imminent at yeah, this point so like i think that's on my mind yeah um sleep is on my mind because like <laughs> yeah. sunday sleep is like, crucial but we're feeling good. You know, it's great to have friends here. Y'all bring a really good energy to the, to the city. <laughs> we um, have so we have brought the energy, that's for sure. Y'all brought the energy. And the weather. And, and the weather. good weather. Y'all brought really good vibes. So I'm good. I'm good. Maya, how are we feeling? I'm feeling super amazing. I feel like I really needed this weekend for a lot of different reasons. Yeah. And I hope to ride the high that this is <laughs> my spirit for a few weeks until we meet again. Yeah. it's It really feels like the gang is back together. Like good vibes all around. Like I was saying, Mercury being out of retrograde. I cannot emphasize. Okay. I was going through it for a while. And now I feel like, you know, I don't know. The storm has passed over. Mm-hmm. The sun is coming out to shine. I'm getting back into my mojo, doing some things to set up my safe space back at home. So there, I feel like it's just going to start looking up and summer is going to be great vibe. So absolutely. Thank you all for sharing. And I feel like, you know, that leads us perfectly into today's episode because we haven't done a love episode in a, in a minute. minute, in a minute. And and the, and the conversation around love has been a lot of what are the conversations we're having with ourselves and our mm-hmm. relationship with ourselves. And my and Birdie are actually one of the few couples that we know that have been together for some shears. Shooting in the gym. <laughs> <laughs> like they've been in the game. And by the game, I mean, they are the game. And they're the creators and the architects of the game. And this is a really great opportunity (laughs) for us to actually bring in people who are living in the relationship in the real time into the conversation to kind of talk about all things love, identity, and, you know. Yeah, I feel like for us, like for one, we're kind of on the opposite ends of the spectrum currently. And I think a lot of the listeners here, my perspective on being a single person and like enjoying my single season and you've been in, you know, the depths of being in a relationship for like the past year. I always feel like we also like in every friend group, there's that one couple that's like, yo, they've been kicking it for a minute. (laughs) And given the fact that like a lot of people are like, oh, I'm going to live my hot girl summer. 
or you're on the other end of the spectrum where you're like, nah, I'm trying to find me a husband this summer. It would be so great to hear you, y'all's perspective on love relationships, how you feel like our generation views love and relationships and how we can better, you know, just like find a middle ground in navigating just being cuffed up. So why don't we bring it from the top? How did you guys meet? What's that story looking like? It's crazy to think about where it begins. I mean, <laughs> yeah. Um, okay, so for the listeners, Maya and I go back to third grade. Um, my family was moving back from Atlanta. We mm. did a short little stint there. Um, and we moved back in 2005. So in 05, we moved to Silver Spring. And I was zoned for this school called Westover Elementary School. Um, third grade, that's where I met Maya kickball recess class like I think just the familiarity began there and like also our personalities kind of began there and it's crazy to see that that development Mm -hmm. because I think certain parts of us are still there like I'm sure and I'm not going to speak for you but looking back to third grade like there that that light that you all see in Maya that we all talk about like when we talk about like what chip are you or like what you know all yeah. of that <laughs> you know how it's all just kind of rooted in like okay like there's just something very pleasant mm. and like you know about my and I think that that's been a thing that's just been so consistent mm-hmm. through every year and like change happens life happens death happens like x y and z happens but like there's small things about us that I think stay the same that are like really true to us um so I've seen that for four, 15 mm-hmm. shit 16. and you obviously you know made it official right off the bat right yeah third grade we were like <laughs> <laughs> quite the opposite yeah. actually <laughs> so we were friends for a really long time and I know you both know this story very well but for the listeners we were homies mm-hmm. like we were in middle school I would say really ramping up our friendship to where like we, I would talk about guys I liked, you would talk about girls you liked, but then we'd also be like, but you're also kind of cute mm-hmm. or like, but let's hang out at the movies this weekend or something. The vibe was so strong. It was really <laughs> strong. Like you could cut the tension. With them. I can't imagine yeah. y'all not being together. So I can only yeah. imagine the tension of the, like, no one will like somebody, the ball's not going to drop. Like people how? would ship us. People shipped us from a very early point. Yeah. Even our teachers, like we would get in trouble for like passing notes or like trying to talk sign language across the classroom mm-hmm. with each other. Um, so but it was obviously never, you made yeah. it official after that in high school. No, no, mm. no. We, we dated other people. We went to different high schools. We went to different colleges. Mm-hmm. Um, but the friendship maintained and you know, when you have a really good friend, you don't see in a long time, but you come back and it's like, literally no time has passed. Yeah. That was the energy we were on. And at the summers, it would just be like, literally Grease the movie I know you I don't know if you've seen that but it's like summer magic where it's like summer loving yeah have me a blast here's the thing though like, <laughs> we weren't we weren't we weren't kissing we weren't being physical we were literally sitting on the couch till yeah. watching the sun come up and talking about our life our mm-hmm. family our emotions getting food at the only place where we could find at 3 a.m., coming back and talking more and doing it all the next day. So like the years, I feel like that 
were the foundation of our friendship like that has all sustained into our relationship we're like I really know who this person is Mm -hmm. and I know he really knows who I am I know you're moving in chronological order (laughs) but one thing I was going to say too is that like Maya was the type of homie where like my my parents were cool with me like breaking a curfew and just being at her crib Mm. and that says a lot like my parents are from Mississippi they grew up in the deepest bible belt that there is Mm -hmm. right like and I would hit them and just be like this is what 16 17 18 high school prime like demon time (laughs) at least in my world yeah and I'm hitting them up like hey one more hour no response not even like confirmation just like we're not even worried yeah like you're good because I was there for the most wholesome our foundation was just like everything you're saying it's just built off of like our families knew each other too yeah genuine care so the people are wondering when did it I'm like if this is the tension we feel in the story (laughs) imagine what it actually felt like in real life because we need to know when did it become official if you all had this linger this tension as you describe it this Mm -hmm. foundation this friendship it's a bit of a gray area. And I, know, <laughs> I know that's not the answer you're looking for, but there was though. never, there wasn't a month or a day yeah. or a season where we're like, now we went from friends to boyfriend and girlfriend. It was kind of like this escalation that just didn't stop. Yeah. And usually I conditioned myself to being like, girl, you got to let it go at the end of the summer. Like he's off to the birds. I'm off to the birds too. But one summer, and I guess it's summer 2017, mm-hmm. we just didn't go back to our separate lives. Mm-hmm. Like we went, we both went to different schools and it was, I'll come see you in a month. And then we have Christmas break. So we get to spend that together. And mm-hmm. then what are we going to do for Valentine's day? And it just escalated from there. Yeah. So now you all have been together for, insert, how many years? It'll be five years, I think, this year. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Ah! Five-ish, six-ish. Yeah. Okay. With the gray start, <laughs> you know, who's to say? With the real start date. Yeah. yeah. That's yeah. incredible. That's mm-hmm. like a huge accomplishment. And this is a pretty big year for y'all in your relationship, even yes. though you have known each other. And if we really started to count all the way till third grade, that's really some years. I know. But Liv and I are here visiting you all because now your relationship is very strong, very, you know, foundational. And so how would you all describe the nature of your relationship now going on in your five years? I think the relationship is like we're two communicators Mm -hmm. um and it's funny before we pressed record we were talking about the way that we communicate right like we're both leaders I think um and leaders are direct Mm -hmm. and leaders are clear in what they want um and also what they need so I think what comes with that is like communication check-ins I think and just a strong relationship like if I had to just say our relationship just in the grand scheme of relationships in my life it's the best model and that's like kind of wild like but like respect for one another um communication I think also what's the word um uh 
accountability mm. like, I say like reciprocated yeah reciprocated. yeah reciprocation like these just really strong pillars that I think in my past I've seen in glimpses of relationships but not like sustained or carried out mm-hmm. um and I'm sure we'll at some point in this interview get into parents and stuff but like for us I think at this year like we're both moving at the same speed the same rate of growth I think um and also just like we envision similar things mm-hmm. and like I don't think that we bog down on like numbers dates like x y and z uh like boxes Mm -hmm. let's let's get into that a little bit more because Mm. you know I feel like for many people when they hear that you guys have been together for five years especially given your background where you're saying you know my parents they're religious how has your upbringing impacted the way that you view relationships the way that you view partnerships because I think we're seeing a huge shift in our generation, specifically Generation Z, where it's like, okay, we don't necessarily feel the need to get married, but like we might want to have a partner, you know, like mm. we, we don't necessarily feel the need to be married before we move in with someone like they're, they're these strict, um, I don't want to say strict, but like more so actually fluid boundaries mm. on which Norms. we, yeah, on how, on how we uh, navigate relationships so what would you guys say that your upbringing how how has your upbringing impacted y'all's relationship I would definitely say my upbringing gave me a pessimistic view of the longevity of relationships and why is that um my parents were divorced both married two times I think my grandmother's relationships too she was married three times all of my immediate girlfriends, they had single moms. And unfortunately, I think that's one thing that like bring black women together during that age group. So I was, I had no healthy model of a husband and wife relationship. If I did know a married couple, they were miserable or they were about to get a divorce or they were remarried and stuff. So it just made me an extremely skeptical person in terms of like I didn't know if it was possible Mm. to have a long happy healthy marriage but I think now the conclusion and kind of what I'm trying to understand about myself is like if it's healthy and happy you know who's to say the title we put on it or the expectation of how long it should be Mm. if happiness and health is integrated in that Mm -hmm. like that's more what I'm concerned on not having a ring on my finger by 30 and you know starting a family life or even if I want a family Mm -hmm. so I'm just not concerned with the dates and the titles because I've seen it work terribly every time Mm -hmm. in my childhood and that scares me Mm -hmm. what about you Brody how is your upbringing impacted so it was actually the other side of the flip side of the coin. Mm-hmm. So for me, um, I grew up in a very loving house, yeah. like with people that loved really hard. Mm. I grew up around, for those listening, you all know this, but uh, both parents in the house, um, 35, 40 year long marriage yeah, uh, and three older brothers. So a whole lot of guys. And I think stereotypically, a lot of people would make the assumption of like, 
Okay, that's a whole lot of niggas in one. Can we say that? One? <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, it's a lot of niggas. That's a lot. Of- <laughs> yeah. Not like, right? Like, let's be real. And it is. Like, at the end of the day, there's a lot of niggas in one crib. But it was a lot of dudes that, like, we had a lot of really heavy conversations. And I think that we went there a lot with, with one another. Um, and my parents set the model for that. And like they did that with us, but I think the older I got, I realized that like that model maybe wasn't established with them. Mm. Um, so they poured a whole lot of things that I feel like I and my brothers took and applied to just relationships in general. Um, what are some of those things? Some of those things are just like having hard conversations, like mm. having difficult conversations, even though they may be touchy, like yeah. do like doing that and and working through really tough situations. Yeah. Um, and I mean, amongst guys, like you can just imagine, like, of course, how touchy they can get, how pride operates, how ego operates. Um, but doing that and also like being in touch with your emotions, like crying was never a thing that was like frowned upon in my family. Mm. Uh, I feel blessed that that was the case. Like, it's the opposite in her household where like that was something that was like shamed. shamed. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I think we, we talk about that all the time. So getting back to the question, like, there was a lot of love in my house, but I think after 35 years, I saw almost at like the flip of a switch, like when my brothers went off to college and it was just me, I started seeing like the inner workings of a 35 year long mm. uh, marriage and one that didn't have, I don't think the roots or foundation of what relationships in our generation could just by virtue of the resources we have. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and moving beyond that, like things things went downhill. Like, and I think that it looked very downhill and very rapid decline to me. But like, that's just you don't see you don't mm. miss so much as a kid. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um. So I I saw what I thought was you know two partners that were like madly infatuated, like this romanticized high school sweethearts. And yeah. Like, you this know, is this what is... everyone aims for. Exactly. Yeah. And then. That not to yeah, not for the <laughs> yeah. switch up, but like their their divorce uh, is official, and yeah. like that all took place during COVID. Um, you know, so probably my junior year to last year were were some of the hardest times for me in deciphering like relationships, and also yeah. like the relationship that I prided, I like prized so much. Of course, growing up, like really coming down, and yeah. like two individuals having to look in the mirror and like figure out like who am I yeah who am I like who was I did I know who I was like did I ever ask that question to begin with like a whole lot of shit just resurfacing and it's kind of Maya knows this better than anyone changed my disposition on like you don't really need those things to you know to have a relationship it doesn't mean that you can't like they're not mutually exclusive, but like, I definitely transitioned into a headspace of like, I need to work on myself and like, not in a colloquial buzzword sense, like seriously want to value, like working on building a strong relationship with my partner and focus on that before having any type of milestone that you're like chasing um because people act like it oh nothing changes but no things do change and like if you're not pressed on that and I feel like we're not like should we get married should we should it be traditional like I think our mindset and the time that we've spent really trying to prioritize 
what our idea of love looks like and what our, our idea of support looks like and sacrifice looks like, um, I think we'll just be the better for it. Yeah. Lexi, what's your perspective? Because I guess out of all of us, your parents are still together, have been four years, also knew each other from a super duper young age. Yeah. You're in a relationship now. How has that impacted the way that you're showing up in your relationship? Yeah, I think that's a great question. I think like, because like my and Brody and I think my remember is a time where like I first started dating my boyfriend and I was in DC and I was like what do you do when it's actually serious I was like I don't know how to handle this like yeah don't you don't really talk about those like bigger steps in things of saying like okay like how do you how do you make that transition seamlessly with somebody I think I similar to Brody like there was no other there was no other option than when you you know Mm -hmm. if you if you respect a lady you know you marry her before you move in with her but I think my parents by the time I since I was a baby by the time my siblings had gone off and like they had established their relationships my parents were very respectful of how everybody wanted to do that so my brothers have been in long-term relationships and they look very different from each other so I always knew I had the option to build that as I wanted to but I think I fell in the generation of like you this mysterious expectation of you have to have your life together you have to have your shit together you have to love yourself before you can do something serious like Mm. all of my friends knew that I thought I was going to be single till I was 35 like everybody knew I was not looking for a long-term relationship Maya still teases me about being like yeah we're still shocked about you like (laughs) that one came out of left field so (laughs) I think that I think that is a, a testament to a little bit of what y'all like kind of the theme that I hear of just like growing up in real time and undoing and deciding what parts of your upbringing are going to show up in your day-to-day right now mm-hmm. is not something that we're always consciously thinking about, but absolutely can show up in our relationships. And especially you all sharing such a similar geographic experience, but like vastly different upbringing I think says a lot because we see on TikTok I would never even date somebody who's on the other side of New York you know what I mean like I would never do long distance like I would never do this and y'all have transcended a lot of those things that goes against the cultural norm um and I think I'm still seeing that in real time of like the building building as you go like your true DIY Um, but that this isn't something that we're talking about right now of the complexities of doing that while you're growing into yourself in your twenties, because we think that we have to do that alone. Um, and I hear a lot on like, you know, a couple therapy, TikTok, that's like, what's the best lesson you learned in couples therapy? And they're like, that you don't have to be perfect before you're in a relationship. Like Mm -hmm. that actually a healthy relationship can help you contextualize some of your upbringing and your things so I think I'm leaning more into the idea of like this person actually can be really great value add to my life and I also would like to do that to somebody else too let's touch on that therapy piece a little bit because I think one thing that I absolutely love about Brody and Maya's relationship is that they're both in therapy and there have been a lot of themes that have come up for you guys that you know might help you contextualize why you know if if Brody were to say something that, you know, from your childhood coming up, you know, how, how can I, how can I unpack this so that I can understand why I might be triggered or this, this stems from this piece. 
of, of my life. So how has that experience been navigating your relationship while also in therapy? Would you recommend for people to be in therapy? <laughs> Y'all should see my face. <laughs> She's like, uh, yeah. 100%, 100%. I am a huge, huge advocate for therapy. And I think um, bringing this all together, one thing that stuck out to what you just said, Lexi, is like, I truly think we are winging it to some extent. And I've said this before, but it's like, no one told us how to do long distance for two years. No one told us how to quarantine together with with family for a year. And no one told us how to live in New York city as working professionals for almost a year now too. That relationship CV is packed. (laughs) <laughs> it's giving experience it's giving skill sets it's giving it's like, accolades and awards it's true we, we've lived it we've, we've had our relationship in these like extreme circumstances extreme environments yeah and I think we look to our parents as that rule book but no one was telling them how to do mm-hmm. a platonic relationship in the 90s and 2000s and their parents and their parents and their parents right so I feel like what's been super helpful with therapy for me has been like when these things come up and I notice something that upsets me or I have a question about, or I'm wondering why I feel insecure about something, it's being able to help make my toolkit stronger to understand how I can process through that emotion, share that with Brody if I choose to, um, and then, you know, carry on to the next thing. But it's nice to have like a third external party to process stuff with. I initially started therapy candidly for grief therapy, um, but it has quickly turned into just (laughs) your life is, you know, chaotic at times. There's ups and downs of everyone's life. And I think just no matter how like put together or perfect or Instagrammable someone seems or you feel like you are, I truly believe that having a therapist and someone to advocate for your mental well-being mm. can help you be a better person, which will help you be a better partner. And sometimes processing those lessons together, I've found has brought us together even closer. Yeah. Wow. Um, completely agree. <laughs> it's giving retweet, move on. <laughs> yeah. yeah really, <laughs> Um, but Brody is newer to therapy than I am I've had therapy in and out throughout my life a lot in my 20s but you're you've recently kind of started yeah for me um from a guy's perspective therapy has never been a thing that I've seen Mm -hmm. in my entire life and it wasn't ever something that like we scoffed at like as brothers, at least. I think my parents are could be so old school in the past that it's like the idea, idea of therapy is like, there's nothing wrong with you. You're fine. Um, but like for us growing up and for me, like I just never seen another guy in therapy. So to be honest, like when I started thinking about therapy or when I know Maya was just like offering it, because like during COVID, I was really going through it. Like I had a job I didn't like. I had a boss that was a dickhead. I had my parents getting a divorce a street away from me, mm-hmm. living in Maya's crib. Like all these boundaries, all these walls just felt like they were caving in. And um, I was keeping my composure to the best I can. I feel like that's just like also who I am. But it gets to a point where it's just like, yo, this actually feels like a lot. Um, and when it started to get to that point, 
like, and I saw Maya was like going regularly and like, you know, I think that she was, it was clear benefits that I was seeing at least in her energy, like after I was like, okay, I'll give it a shot. And one of the hardest things about therapy is that my first three didn't work. And like, it was just like, try, fail, try, fail, try, fail. Um, And then I got back into it after Maya sent me like some links of like, different people to look into huge advocate for therapy right here (laughs) um but it's like it's kind of scary and like I don't know if everyone feels that way but I do know like as a guy I think it's like I've felt personally kind of like this is this is like a kind of scary thing the shit that we're unraveling because like your friends know what buttons not to push and your friends know what questions are like okay like maybe we chill off Mm -hmm. that but your therapist really doesn't know they're really just they're not trying to offend you they're not trying to trigger you you. they're trying to learn you and like learn your triggers so they can help you but that is a vulnerable thing and like for me um the idea of it of just like what where these conversations could go how much I'm sharing with someone I don't know like I think the whole idea of that was something that was low-key kind of frightening yeah um and yeah fuck yeah it was you know so um, being the youngest of four brothers mm-hmm. how do you how have you noticed them like navigate their relationships or any of them in couples therapy have you recommended therapy to them like every, what has that looked like every for, brother is in therapy wow that's a that's like yeah. a 180 mm-hmm. from like what you grew up yeah with. what you grew up with mm-hmm. oh fully I mean I think that my brothers we were all therapy for each other for so long and mm-hmm. like this is one of the things that I've recognized between our households where like we're very direct like if there was a problem we would really spend hours going at it and asking very difficult questions to one another that we know are like you know if anybody else was like coming at you like this it's a problem but it was always love surrounding it and um like we were therapy for one another as brothers. So I think that we looked at our parents and just saw that like, y'all don't really have like dialogue. It's just like two people screaming what they, what they How believe. They feel. Yeah, but we came to solutions with one another in a way that I feel like my brothers have been a huge model for me yeah. in relationships. So they're, my oldest two brothers are in couple therapy and individual therapy. And yeah. the brother below that, probably demystified and debunked like all of the tropes of therapy before everyone else my brother Brendan Mm -hmm. and then I followed suit um but all of us low cues it's not like they were in therapy six years before the other we all kind of got in therapy within the same three year the same three year kind of uh window So, Liv, you know, you just came out of a relationship. Not just. Come on, please. <laughs> Let's keep it real. Let's keep it very much real. Okay, okay. It was last year. Like, you, it's been a minute. You, it's been a minute, but you've had, you've had time to really reflect on it. And of course. many times we talk about, you're like, get this pro- couple's propaganda off of my TL. Then you move in with a girl who is in a new relationship. Then you vacation to go. Yes, me. Then you cut you. We come in literally crash at our friend's crib in relationships. What about to the person who's single listening to this episode that says, I have no business. (laughs) She goes, they already turned it off. No, but let's really talk about this in the sense of what can we learn from relationships in when we're in our singleness, because let's be clear here, y'all. Liv and I have been in this podcast game for a minute. 
Liv has been cuffed for more of it than I have. Mm. So like I've been, I put in, I put in my single years, Yeah, but mm. let's really talk about the, like, what, what can we collectively as community really start to open and engage in the conversation about how we can actually learn about ourselves and be more aligned, even if we're not in these relationships and how can we actually bridge like break that gap of romanticizing these relationships Mm -hmm. giving an opportunity to say like no there's some real growth and there's some real tough spots Mm -hmm. that you have to do intentionally with somebody else but then on the other side of that how can we think about that when we're even in our intentional singleness or you know in our intentional y'all had years of not being with each other just because you've known each other of like asking those same questions so I'm curious what your vantage point of that is Liv on how I feel surrounded by so many couples <laughs> of love in the air I mean I, I don't think I really mind being surrounded by couples I think for me, I'm a hopeless romantic. My parents did divorce when I was young. I never saw them argue though. And they've always been very respectful towards one another. So the way that I view love and I view relationships um, is, is almost very identical to, I guess, some of the way mainstream media might portray like love. Um, I don't know couples you know just yeah hopeless romantics and stuff fairy tale ending yeah I just think in my journey currently right now I'm just trying to decenter men in my um you know in my lifestyle Mm -hmm. I didn't realize how embedded um just like finding love and finding a partner is in mainstream like media and in my life and so I've just been trying to be super intentional with doing things that I want to and trying to figure out what I like to do not to say that I was I wasn't doing that before but some subconscious things that you might not realize are rooted in like oh like you know I'm gonna do this because I like who knows if I'm gonna run into the love of my like it's not it's not always it doesn't have to be on that end of the spectrum all the time and so that's something that I've been looking at I think with couple propaganda like as a single person, sometimes it is hard when you're like, okay, all my friends are in relationships and they all have someone that they're super into. And I'm like the person, but it's like, I cherish the moments where I don't have to constantly be consumed by, you know, the idea of someone else. I can be very selfish with my time. I can be Mm -hmm. very, you know, like I can be very free, free. Exactly. In a lot of ways, that doesn't mean that I don't crave that sort of level of intimacy, but I luckily have really cultivated an amazing group of friends that I feel like I can get my emotional intimacy from. It's really just the physical intimacy that's missing. And I'm willing to wait for that. So I think for other single people listening that are in a similar situation where it's like, oh, you know, some of my friends are in relationships and I'm like single, live your hot girl summer, hot person summer lifestyle and continue to put those building blocks of figuring out, okay, like how can I set myself up in a way so that when a person does come along, I'll be ready to, you know, merge lifestyles. I don't think, again, you'll ever be completely ready, but I think like we're saying therapy could be a great option for people that are single right now that are like, okay, I'm looking, I'm looking for a relationship, but okay, have I unpacked all the past trauma that I've experienced in relationships? Have I unpacked my toxic childhood? 
getting into relationship and having that shit come up in real time when when you're in an argument can be very difficult. Um, And so that's where I am in my journey. If my husband showed up tomorrow, would I be screaming and happy for joy? Of course. But like, even the idea of I'm going to run into my perfect person, like you have to, I'm, I'm constantly just trying to take off the layers. Exactly. Like I say it with sarcasm, but like also, of course there's truth to every joke, but it's like, I'm trying to really unpack like the way that I view love and how I'm showing up for the people that I love. So so then if you all had to debunk the romanticized couple propagandas of, you know, the fast snippets under, you know, an incredible song on TikTok of like, or the, my man sleeps good. This is how my man sleeps when he found the love of his life. Like, you know, the, whatever is this week's trend, like yeah. what would your demystified or, you know, debunked theory on that be of maybe what you've learned about yourself in the unromanticizing, but also like keeping it real of, of what it's about. I um is really funny and I don't know if this is ironic or like if just it's just hard out here but like I had this thing where I shoot at like a 95% clip and this just may be cynicism mm-hmm. but sometimes I like look at my friends or just random people that are on my TL still for no reason and if they're like in a relationship I can like look at a picture with their partner and see if what like if I checked in in two months this will be deleted and I like I, I I I don't even know. Have we talked about this? A superpower. I like, <laughs> seriously, I a ninety percent clip. Like it's actually wild. I need to start saying it out loud so that I can document I didn't this. Know this. But it's like, <laughs> but it gets into the propaganda though, and I feel mm. like it for me. It's giving soft launch. It it it's giving soft launch. It's giving like this has this to look perfect, but it it's just like there's something that I feel like propaganda on social media just really eats away at like Mm. a relationship Mm. and I mean we were not on each other's socials like that for a minute like and even now that we are I feel like they're not like photo shoots like anyone that knows us like it's not like yo hopping on a jet to Turks and Caicos (laughs) or like just like this biggest most grandest thing or like you look know, at what like, he got me for valentine's day y'all <laughs> it, it's just never really a flex like it's not yeah. tra- and i feel like and like, we've talked about this me and social media have a really interesting yeah we, we could talk about it for hours yeah like people will be like yo you haven't posted in a while are you okay those are some of the best times actually like <laughs> right i'm when, not like, going through it i haven't seen my <laughs> on your page like nobody's asked me that but like if you did that wouldn't it is no indicator of how things are going yeah like some people overcompensate. Some people like overcompensate. Like and that's what I mean. Disguise like, what their life is actually like. Right. With a curated perfect Ooh. theme. Yeah, that's the propaganda. I think we all have someone in our head right now. <laughs> just one. Just like one person. Yeah, just that this one person. Yeah. yeah, that's like. I think the lesson, though, that I've taken away from couples propaganda And trying to combat it though, is just Mm. like, it's not easy. Like anything that takes a long time to do is not (laughs) easy. Yes, Libby, thank Mm. you. It's giving gem. (laughs) But it's seriously, I know when we were in long distance, we would have a lot of friends being like, oh, what advice do you have? Do you have any tips to keep it spicy, to keep it fun? And I'm like, look, if you can't see yourself with this person in the next four or five years, drop it it's not (laughs) worth the emotional labor it's not worth 
the time, the time, the sadness, the loneliness, the questioning. We had the roughest like spells when we were away from each other and we weren't able to share in that space. So whatever, if you are in a relationship, I'm sure you already know this, but if you're in a long-term relationship, for sure, it's just not easy. And you can't predict the the hard conversations that need to happen. The changes that you personally go through, that your partner goes through, and you have this idea of who you started with. And I feel like you have an idea of who you started with. We start to morph and change because of our lives, our jobs, our circumstance, our demeanor, you know, that's what your twenties is about. It's about changing and doing that with someone else can be really hard, but that doesn't mean it's impossible Yeah, or that you can't find, you know, a positive spin or a healthy way to do that with the help of someone else, which is kind of like, like what you were saying, Lexi. Yeah. Oh oh my God. I was just going to add like in the context of our relationship too, like there've been some, like, you know, people change year over year. like five years 10 years whatever one year like Maya's been a positive force in my life through so many different stages that it's been so proven like I can't really personally imagine meeting a new person in New York City and just starting from square one (laughs) like people have it harder and situations are not cut the same so sometimes it's like people ask us like what is the secret what's the And it's like, bro, like there's so much work being put on behind the scenes, a whole lot of shit that had to be worked on before we were even dating, where like we were just so transparent with one another. Like when I was in high school, when I was still playing baseball in college, like I was sharing all this information with Maya. Yeah, it takes vulnerability and honesty in those really, really hard A whole lot. Like she knows who I am. Yeah. Yeah. I heard this thing that was like when married couples um like are going through tough times, like and people are like, oh my God, like I can't believe you haven't gotten a divorce or like whatever the case is. There um it's like, oh wow, well, you know, we wanted to split, but just at different times, you know. So it's like <laughs> sometimes when the one person is ready to walk away, never at the same then time. yeah, then it's just never at the same time. Right. And you have to like continue just like working at it because it's like no we are in this and when you make that commitment to be with someone you see it through well my I think something that you said that was and I hope the listeners really take away from this is that anything that you do for a long time is tough Mm -hmm. and it's tough in a beautiful way yeah you know because you're not going to be the same and there's never that expectation and so i hope that from this conversation folks are really gleaning from like the components of self work and like demystifying these like 30 second 3 minute reels of what it takes to be in relationships and that there is this possibility to be fluid and flexible because that sounds like our, you know, self journeys. That sounds like, you know, our sisterhood journeys. Like that sounds like how life sounds like. Mm -hmm. And I think I'm really grateful for you all always being really transparent and open about that. And I think that's something that is the best part about our generation is that we're willing to talk about the hard truths with each other and be uncomfortable and say Mm -hmm. like, well, this worked for me. I don't know what's gonna work for you, but I support what works for you, whether that's making your relationship open or, you know, or maybe taking a break or being long distance or being in really close proximity. But 
just really kind of accepting the ways that, you know, what I like to say the recipe looks like, you know, some people like think, I always think about this. I'm like, do you know how many ways there are to make a chocolate chip cookie? Like, but it's still chocolate chip cookie. What if we start to think about love like that? Like it's going to smell the same, going to look the same. You know what I mean? But it's going to have one recipe going to have butter. One's going to have shortening. One's going to have this But we're all making a cookie without a recipe. We're all, (laughs) there you go. And so that makes me really happy. And I think what y'all are sharing is really powerful and is for people in relationships and not in relationships. But I do want to bring it to some just fun kikis. So we do have two questions for y'all just so that the the people really get to know how lively you all are. Um, Y'all don't know how much fun Maya and Brody are and also probably some of the most intelligent people I know. Um, But I have a question for both of y'all. So one, what is your favorite thing to do with the other person? And if you had to describe your partner in a color, what color would they be? So everyone's to kick off whichever question. And then Libby and I will answer the question about each other because we're also in a long term and a lot of, we're business partners, we're roommates, friends, friends, and we're working on our marriage. Sisters. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Um, My favorite thing to do, Brody, I would say Saturdays are my favorite like sleeping late, going to get food, coming back, taking a nap. It's really that like, I love being in public with him, but I love the silliness that we have in our own space and like the quiet time that we do have and just being comfortable with each other. So that's my favorite thing. Probably a emphasis on like the eating out because we're Mm. big foodies. (laughs) (laughs) They have treated us well, y'all. Our bellies will be full for the next month that's all we gotta say about that what would you say i gotta say dinners lunch anything food with Maya <laughs> is like are some thing. of my favorite things to do in life because our palates are mad similar oh so like we we can just be like all right that was good and it's not like a that was it's always a good wreck like and that's key food is key food is low-key key. it's high-key key. it's, like it's a, high key. a mood booster too it's and huge, we're calm bro. we're talking over food it'll change enjoying. a whole night yeah. yeah like if if like Maya has a bad day at work or I do like what look, you trying to eat babe let's go, let's, <laughs> and then literally we're like skipping out of a fucking restaurant or like yes. if we have to get out food. so I gotta say food is like gotta be up there Secondly, I think it's just bullshitting. Like, just being in the crib and just being goofy. I think our humor, um, and and also our intimacy. Like, I I love our. We said intimacy. one thing. I know they both said that. And, and like, while I'm at it, well, and while I'm at it, since I have not here, you know what I mean. Her energy. While we have the mic, <laughs> right now, I love that. That's so beautiful. I know it's so hard. Okay. Okay. What color? Yeah. What color would Brody be? I think Brody is lavender. Mm. I know, but I say that because he has a very calming spirit Mm. and can really level me down when I'm on a hundred in the best way possible. But it's always like, it's like a gravitating color, you know, like you want to go toward it. It brings good energy. It's fun it's happy and yeah I love it Mm, I like that 
I like me that too. for you. Me too. <laughs> me too. Me too. Me too. You know. And what color is your girl? I think Maya is like a sky blue, like a mm. baby blue. I think like a baby blue. It's like polished. It's like very intellectual, but it's also like very light and warm and just like mm. royal, if you will. That and royal as well. Mm-hmm. Like baby blue is just like um and purple's a royal color too. Mm-hmm. Royalty. We're both very cool colors. Very yeah. cool colors, yeah. <laughs> That's you look good together. together, so Aw, thank you. All right, okay. Liv, we gotta give the people what they okay, want ladies. to. Why don't you kick it off? <laughs> well, I asked the question. So it's only right if you kick it off. Oh, oh boy. Nah, I won't I'll, I'll, <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll do that too. Um I think my my favorite things about Lexi are just like I think our goofy moments as well, where we're at the crib and she's made me laugh literally so hard that I'm crying and it's just like good vibe she's that friend that you can chill with mm-hmm. like be in silence with just scrolling on TikTok she's that person that you can like travel with person that you can introduce to everyone and you know she'll she'll be entertaining you with like it's just all around and you guys have been witness to our road sessions <laughs> Those are very, very close. They need a therapy session after being with us for the weekend. Those are very, very close to my heart. Um, And so it is truly like having like a sister that I didn't grow up with. And I would say that if she were a color, we've talked about this, Mm -hmm. I feel like she'd be an orange because she's just very, again, like very warm, colorful personality um orange also brings like a little bit of sophistication like I'm not talking about like a just like straight up orange like it's like a little bit <laughs> dark yeah yeah it's gonna, it's gonna, it's gonna she's like, like I'm not talking about that word you do. <laughs> yeah yeah just just to you know, show you guys what's in my it's mind it's glowing a little bit it's glowing exactly yeah. there's like the sophisticated <laughs> but like very grounded energy yeah. and I really appreciate how grounded she is how sophisticated how smart I feel like I learned so much yeah so that's my answer some of my favorite things to do with live I think watching reality television is like to be able guilty pleasure like I think the way y'all talk about food me and her could really talk about like all the different love shows that we love to get into and watch Mm -hmm. and like all the dynamics and it's so fun to break down the relationships and what we like but also knowing that it's like we'll literally be in the middle of the work day being like, yo, you trying to catch an episode of this right now? Like, yeah, it's like our touch point and it's this thing. And we and take it personal. We- <laughs> watches something without the- Yeah, it's like that thing that really bonds us and it's just so fun to get to share that with somebody. Mm-hmm. And then like, I love getting to dance with her. Like, it's so fun. Like we'll be on a walk and hear music from like miles away and we will bust a move in the middle of the Cut street. Yeah, <laughs> like- very goofy like I would come up and literally pull her off the couch in the middle of the day while I'm listening to music just trying to get her to vibe with me and it's like when you want to share your world with somebody else like I'm experiencing joy and I need you to be in this world with me and she's always down like she's always down to do that and I think that's one of my favorite things to do with her is to just like be in that little world of like there's very few friends that like they do a little two-step and you write them with it all of a sudden you got a whole 
17. Yeah. Right. And so um, I think that's definitely the things. And there's like so many more being able to create with her and uh, be in space with her. But I think the same thing, like the color, we did get a little bit of a cheat sheet for this. A lot of people call you gold, but I just see you as like the biggest ray of sunshine. But like the sunshine is like the one, like the sunshine, like the emoji with like the glasses, like the little You're when you see her you cannot help but not look at her and I literally told her I said dude if I get too close to your face sometimes I think you're like not real you're so pretty like and I feel like that's the sun like if you get too close to the sun you're like I can't but I just literally both of our parents have said that too like they've like seen you in like passing photos and they're just like Jesus she's stunning no you're radiant (laughs) she's literally stunning she's stunning and I'm like I get to live with the sun like but but I get to live with the goofies and I got the sunglasses (laughs) like I'm like this sun does not know it's the sun (laughs) and so that's definitely it for me can I just add one more thing of course I think it's super important whether you're single or in a relationship to also like be present in the moment but also really fostering and maintaining and growing your friendships and your sisterhood yes because so Lexi and I used to be roommates Mm -hmm. and we saw so many ins and outs of each other but now seeing you guys as roommates and seeing your dynamic (laughs) she's like it's your turn (laughs) (laughs) am I the drama am I the villain not you I was seeing the twitch. (laughs) You get to babysit her this week. (laughs) Even though that's literally what I said, bringing her in, I was like, all right, Maya, she packed her bag. She's very excited to move in with you. No, I, I more so say that to like, be present in that moment when you guys have each other because I look back on times I'm like I feel like I'm gonna cry (laughs) oh my gosh this is the realest black girl flow content you'll ever get in your life Maya's gonna break me stop this is a real moment and this is why we're gonna bring the visuals soon because you guys have to see the emotion (laughs) (laughs) no I I'm I'm gonna get myself together. I just look back on times when mm. we have that sistership, and we still do. You know, it's a little bit different. Yeah, but it's beautiful to see you all have it. And I think people can get lost in the sauce of letting that go. Of course, when they are in relationships, but I think it's yeah. important to yeah maintain. And I know we have it for life. And like yeah, yeah. our bond is much deeper than like four years of college. Yeah, but yeah. It's just so important to make sure you have community to lean on throughout everything, as well as a partner, if you do choose to do that. I'm so sorry. I made all of us cry. (laughs) No, there's nothing wrong. That's so real. And it gets harder when you you graduate and you're like trying to figure out how to adult and how to navigate, like finding friendships. And we're all just so focused on finding that one. Like, don't lose sight of cultivating the relationships with your friends, your family, and impacting. Yeah, of course. Like, having a relationship isn't everything. It's it's nice it's it's a nice addition it is but it's, it's really fun don't neglect the other things yeah and i think that's a perfect note to leave on yeah but besides <laughs> besides what does flow mean to you guys because we, we oh, obviously yeah. can't skip over that question what does flow mean mm-hmm. okay. <laughs> 
<laughs> exactly. I spent a couple bars. We in New York right now. Um, that's jokes. Flow, I think, is exactly what Maya was just saying in being present. Mm. I think flow is being present oh. and um, flow is being there. Flow is cherishing what you have and learning from what you have and like really loving and being grateful for, you know, those that are around you. And if I can just add to what Maya so beautifully said, like seeing y'all together this weekend, like it was really special to oh. see how y'all engage with one another and just to see like how much you all mean to Maya and just like the vibe of like her just fully just being her around like her girls is like a great thing to see mm -hmm. um and it's so special I'm really glad that you brought that up because I think like your your relationship for those listening cannot be the only thing in your life yeah. like there is so much more also to, to your individuality and to your friendships and like your girls your guys like your people your tribe and like you have to water that and continue in water mm -hmm. and like mm -hmm. This weekend was just a great, it was awesome to see y'all together. It was very special. Uh, we're going to kidnap you guys and bring you back to <laughs> That part hasn't happened yet. But, uh, um, flow to me, I think it's remaining flexible, like not being so set in your ways. And I say that as a Taurus. <laughs> So, so take with that what you will. Take it with <laughs> what you will. Yeah. I mean, I, I think we can get fixated on timelines, expectations, optics, but it's really like you can't anticipate life and you can't anticipate what changes you will go through, what changes you will go through with partners, with friends, with families. So being flexible allows your heart to be guarded a little bit and of have course. cushioning around. Oh, so that's what I would say. This one, this episode for the books was the realest. <laughs> this one feels really, really good. I cannot thank y'all enough. I hope all of the Black Girl Flow could feel. I know y'all can feel all the vibes, all the energy here. And so we're hoping you take that into this week with you. And we're going to keep having these conversations with more couples, more folks throughout the summer. And we're super excited to take y'all along that journey. So until next time. Peace, love, blessings. Bye, guys. Bye. Bye. All right, that wraps up our episode this week. Don't forget to go check out Black Girl Flow Podcast on social media. And even check out our new YouTube channel to continue the conversation there. We really appreciate if y'all could rate and subscribe our channel. And with that said... See you all next time. Rest well, folks.